Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. All right, tonight I'm going to talk to you about hindrances to faith. Hindrances to your faith, really. And the first thing is, your, is a lack of patience. Now, this is one that God really has to work. How many of you know in the book of Galatians, one of the fruit of the Spirit is patience? It talks about long-suffering, right? But that is patience. And that is something that I really have to work on in my life. I don't know about you, but, you know, it's like, I want to get it done yesterday, you know? And because of that, you know, this patience thing can get me in trouble as it relates to my faith. And so, but I know that, and I try to keep a guard on it, and, and you you know, as we go down through here and talk, uh, there may be something that hinders your faith more than another does, or maybe it's all of them, you know, whatever the case may be, but uh, the lack of patience will hinder your faith. In Hebrews six twelve, it says, faith and patience inherits the promises. Faith and patience. See, we just think, well, I've got faith. But see, you've got to have endurance too. That means, you know, Paul told Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier of the cross. Endure it. Have patience. Go through it. Make it through it. You see, but what, you know, what we want to do is in the middle, when we get in the middle of a struggle and a hard time, we just want to throw in the towel, so to speak. Oh, that faith stuff, you know, it's too hard. It's too difficult. You know, just throw in the towel. No, God says keep your faith out there working and you uh, pair it with patience and it will go to work and it will change the situation. See, we give up too, we give up too early and we give up too easy on the things that God has said, Kevin, that he wants us to have and he wants us to do. And we give up too early because we don't have the enduring power. And see, we live in a, we live in a time where that's where society is. If there's anything difficult, cut and run. If a marriage is hard, and things are not going smooth, just cut and run. You know, after all, there's somebody out there, somebody else that's going to love you. That's right. And when you get there, you're going to take that same boatload of troubles that you had in the other one, and you're going to take it in this one, and it's going to be the same way. Endurance is important. I tell you what, if you work, you know, I've talked to many, many couples over the years, you know, that are having marriage difficulties. And, And, you know, you minister to them, you pray with them, you give them the word, and they stand. They they use their faith. They endure and they don't throw in the towel and, and give up. And you see them, you know, a year later and they're, they're just happy. They've got a wonderful home. But see, it takes endurance. And that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to endure because that's difficult. That's hard. But God said it's faith and patience that are going to get you the promises. That's what's going to happen. And so you've got to be in this thing for the long haul. Can you say amen? Amen. And um, Hebrews 10.36 says, For you have need of patience. We need patience. I don't need patience. He said, you have need of patience. Say this, I have need of patience. And he goes on to say that after you have done the will of God, uh, you may receive the promise. Yeah. 
And so faith is working. Patience is keeping, you know, things steady, the, st- the storms, you know, the bounces, the, the uh, things that are going on. And patience just holds you there. Patience holds you there. And on the other side is the promise. Faith and the promise, but patience is in the middle there. And you've got to have patience, and you've got to have endurance, and you've got to allow God to help you, even in prayer. You know, the Bible talks about continue in Colossians. It says, continue in prayer, and that's the same thing. Have patience. Persevere in prayer. Don't give up. Let your patience have, have the work there in your prayer need. You know, sometimes we, well, I prayed about that and it didn't happen. Well, you have need of patience. You have need of patience. And let the patience work. And then you'll see the promise come back into your life. Now, I was thinking about this. And you remember um, how that um, the early church went into the upper room? How many people were supposed to go in the upper room? How many people received um, the uh, instruction to go to the upper room? 500 people. And how many went there? And the Bible says that they continued in prayer in the upper room. Do you know what that means? They persisted. In spite of obstacles, they persisted. The 120 got the promise, and the 500, the rest of the 500, no, not so much. They didn't have the patience. They didn't have the endurance. And so they didn't get the promise. I don't want to live my life and not get the promise. I want the promise. Amen? Amen? And so that's very important. And also we know the story of Abraham. What about Abraham? We know he messed up things and Sarah and Abraham messed it up. God said, you know, uh, I'm going to give you a son. And it was taken longer than they thought. So, okay, we're going to fix this up. We're going to get Hagar and, uh, you know, she can bear Abraham a son. And that's going to, oh boy, didn't we fix things up? We're still living with that today, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We sure are. And so, you know, not endurance, not keeping your faith steady, and then it caused a problem. And you may be thinking about something in your own life where, you know, you have faith, you believe God, but then you decided that you were going to help God. Have you ever helped God before? Don't you know that He needs your assistance? I've helped God before. And see, I have to be real careful about that uh, in, in my life because <clears throat> don't tell me something needs to be done because if you tell me it needs to be done and I want to get involved with it, I'm going to try to get it done. But see, I've learned, now this is what you learn after years of serving God and, and you know, listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying the Word of God. Then you begin to say, man, have I made an Ishmael here. If I had left this alone, God could have worked. He could have done what He wanted to do, and I've made a mess. See, that's what, that's what we do as humans, you know, just in our carnal, even though we're born again, but in our carnal thinking, in our carnal way of handling things, we turn it into an Ishmael. And it's more problems. And I mean, headaches, oh my gosh, and how many times? I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't. Have you ever been there? 
you know. So we don't need, uh, you know, if God tells you to do something, obey. But you don't need to get in there to try to make it happen. If it's not happening and you check up and you see there's nothing in your life that's off course, then you just let your patience bring it to you. Amen? And that's very, very important to remember that. You know, um, I think about personalities of people, and we're all so different. God's made us, and that's what's so interesting about the body of Christ, uh, is we're all so different. And some of our personalities lend themselves to being more patient. Uh, you know, Eddie's mother, uh, Helen, I mean, she's gone on to be with the Lord, but she is one of the most patient people I believe I've ever, I ever knew. You know, so that was her personality, yet when then, then the Holy Spirit comes in, so how much even more, you know? So, but somebody like me, that I really have to work on that, see, I, it's a different personality. And it doesn't mean that one's better than the other, it just needs, it means in that case, I need more help. And I'm going to call on God to get that help. But, you know, the first, the first uh, place to start getting help in that is recognize where you are. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm, I'm really patient. My God, get out of my way. I mean, oh, yeah, you are really patient. I've told you a hundred times, don't do that. That is patience, I'm telling you. We're going to put you on the cover of a magazine or something. <laughs> patience of the year. All right. Now, James 1.3 says, The trying of your faith works patience. Now, see, that is what I don't like to hear. That's hard. Storms, trials, all those things. Now, do I believe that God brings those things into your life? No, I don't. I don't believe he brings those things into your life. I think you live in a world where things happen, the devil is at work, and things come in. But if you will allow yourself to go through, endure, and get... See, endurance is not just putting up with it for the rest of your life. Endurance is getting through it and getting to the other side and getting out of it. That is endurance. And that's what faith and patience will do. It will get you to the other side of your trial, of your storm, of your tribulation. But some people, oh, I'm just, you know... I'm just suffering for Jesus. Well, you're not doing what God told you to do. He said to be patient, but he's going to bring you out and bring you through. It's so important to remember that because some people are suffering for Jesus and they're really not suffering for Jesus. They're suffering to please some kind of human whatever. And fulfill the devil's desire. Because that's not God's desire. So, we need to get through what we've been going through. Now listen to this. Out of the Message Bible. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Have you ever been there? I have. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true color. There's nothing like a test to show your true colors. I tell you, there have been times, uh, and this has happened, that I did not know what, you know, what was in me. You know what I'm saying? The sheer, here, this, it'll show your colors. 
I mean, and, and I, you know, ripped something off. And I'm not talking about cursing. I really don't do that. But, you know, just say something, you know, where I just get mad and aggravated, you know. And then I, I just step back and think, my goodness, I shouldn't have said that and I shouldn't have done that, you know. And you step back and look at it. But, and then at the other times when I've gone through trials and challenges on every side, and then I begin to speak the word. Then I begin to stand in faith. Then I begin to fight the good fight of faith with that patience out there and not giving in and not giving up. So I've, I've had it on both sides to surprise myself. But, but see, it'll show your true color for sure. Isn't that something? Amen. Now, Colossians 1.11 talks about being strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory for all endurance and perseverance. Now listen to this word. Everybody listening? With joy. Oh, got me right there. See, we're doing good. We're doing good. But so what does that mean? It means that when you're going through trials and tribulations. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you don't go through things and that you don't mourn and that you don't cry and that you're not sad because we know that. But, but you know, we cannot live our life that way. We have circumstances that may cause that. You know what I'm talking about. That would be there. Uh, but, but, you know, every little thing that, that happens, you know, we, we, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't have the endurance and, and we don't go through the trials and come out with joy. We're complaining and murmuring and grumbling. And you know where that got the children of Israel? They couldn't go in the promised land because of that. Because all they did, did was gripe and complain. The, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to deal, we need to deal with gripe and complaining and murmuring. That's, music is too loud. I didn't like that song. You think I'm kidding you? You ought to be here. And you hear all kinds of things. But you know what? You can't pay attention to that. You got to minister to the people who are hungry and want to hear it. The gripers and complainers, they don't tithe most of the time. And they don't work in the church because they don't have time for that. They're too busy griping and complaining. <laughs> who has time to work or who, you know, who can give? We've got too much to do. Bless God. <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about if you've been around church life long. So here he said, okay, you got your faith out there working got patience, endurance, you're going through some things, but you're not giving up your faith, you're keeping it working, and at the same time, you got joy in your heart, because you know what the final outcome is going to be, you know that the Lord is on your side, you know that greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world, you know that, so you can have joy in the midst of going through it, instead of, you know, being downcast, well, I'm, you know, I, I don't know, it doesn't happen around here, but it's been in churches I've been in before, but, uh, but, you know, um, uh, people would, uh, they'd say, give your testimony or a prayer request, you know, and, and it would just turn into, oh my God, I've had the most horrible day today. You know, the devil's been after me. Bless his holy name. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? That's the truth. I mean, you know, they're really enduring. Their faith is out there working against that mountain that's, you know, has come against them. 
They don't have joy. We need to have joy. Joy is important. That's why I love this church when we come together to worship. There's joy in God's house. There's joy in here because there's so much out there that uh, that just brings heaviness. You know, he turned he turned our mourning into dancing. He gave us a garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness that wants to get on us when we're out there in the world. And so we come into the house of God and, and we have joy in our hearts. And we may be going through things. And, and I've had people to look at me and they've even said, well, you know, everything must be great with you. It's like, well, if you only knew. But you know what? I'm not going around, you know, with my head hung all the time and being sad and griping and complaining. I'm going to have some joy in this walk of faith that I'm in. And I'm going to have some endurance. And I'm not just going to throw in the towel and cash it in every time, you know, that something difficult happens. And you've got to exercise your faith or you're weak. Don't be weak in faith. It, doesn't the Bible talk about Abraham's? It said he was not weak in faith. So we don't need to be weak in faith. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. All right. Um, Galatians 6, 9 says this in the World English Bible. Let us not be weary in doing good, for we will reap in due season if we don't give up. In other words, let the patience hold as our faith is working. Take us through the storms and in due season. Everybody say due season. The things you're believing God for, the things that your faith is working on right now, you've got a due season. Your due season will come. Now, I can't tell you when that will be, and you don't know, but it will come. And let your faith and patience hold it steady. The second hindrance to faith I'm going to talk about tonight. I've got just a few more minutes that I can do this. I'm going to talk to you about this hindrance to faith is a lack of love. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I exalt you, Lord. And here comes, you know, your little kids into the room. Get out of my way. Can't you see I'm worshiping? I don't have time for you. Love is kind. So sometimes we, you know, we just forget, don't we? We need to be reminded of these things. We need to walk in love. Not just, we, and see, we think, well, we walk in love with everybody except our family. No, the family is where it starts with, and then out of there, it needs to come out and touch everybody that you coming. The love of God to be demonstrated is not just to a certain group. It's to sinners and saints. It's to everybody. We're to walk in love. Well, I can't stand them. I know that there's people I can't stand either, but I, I don't hate them. The Bible says if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. If you have hate in your heart, you're a killer. Hate kills. Love gives life. Amen? Amen. So... This lack of love is going to hinder your faith. And Galatians 5, 6, something that we're very familiar with, it says, faith works by love. Now, I want us to look at that, Galatians 5, 6 in the Amplified, if we can do that, okay? Let's look up here and, and see this out of the Amplified. 
For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith. Now listen to this. But only faith. This is what matters. Only faith activated and energized and expressed and working how? Okay, I want you to notice it talks about faith and it talks about love. And we're talking about hindrances to your faith. And when you get out of love, there's no activation and there's no energy that's expressed to cause that faith to work. Now, that's really important to remember that. Now, do I think that we only need to walk in love because we want our faith to work. No, I just, I think we need to know that. I think we need to know if we don't walk in love that it will hinder our faith. I think we do need to know that. But we should be walking in love because we choose to be like Jesus. Because we choose to be different. Hate is so rampant in this world. It's such an ugly thing. And you know, there's even, you know, you look at certain groups of people, religious groups, and you look at them and you had to work on your love because you know, you know, you know what they want to do to you and they know what you want to, they want to do to your nation. But, you know, the Bible says that love is what's going to change anything. Now, that, does that mean to be, a, a, you know, a, a floor mat for the devil? Mm-mm, that's not what it means. You stand on your covenant. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue raised against me in judgment is condemned. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, that's love. But, you know, love also speaks the truth. Did you know that? But see, there's something about how you speak the truth. You can speak it in impatience, hatefulness, unkindness, or you can speak the truth in love. And, and if you're going to be scriptural, you take the truth and you speak it to people in love. Because how many of you know, how many of you have gotten an argument with your spouse and you know that if you're agitated, angry, and unkind, it's not going to get you anywhere. How many of you know that? Have you ever tried that before? Yeah, it's like we better back up and try this again, right? Let's try this again. And then be kind. But do you know that that is not, uh, until you train yourself to be that way, it's not going to be natural. Did you know? You have to train yourself And that means many times I'll stop myself in the middle of something and just back up and say, "Mm, I'm going to do that differently. Repeat. Push the repeat button. Try it again. You know. So your faith is energized and activated through the love of God. I, I think, you know, I love to read about Mother Teresa. I don't know. And you know, well, she's Catholic. Well, she loved God. That's all I know. And she loved people. And so when I read about her, the compassion that she had was, I mean, she would go out on the streets there, I guess in Calcutta, it was in India. And and there would be lepers that that people, you know, uh, their families or, you know, just, just throw them in the ditch. They'd literally be laying in the ditch. 
And she would go and wrap her arms around, and can you imagine how dirty and filthy it would have been in the streets of Calcutta or any city, you know, large city like that. And she would just pull them in and she would just speak to them how much Jesus loved them and that she loved them and she was going to take care of them. And she would get them somehow, I guess maybe somebody would help her and she would go take them somewhere and they would feed them and, um, you know, bathe them and minister to them until, you know, they died. They would die because in many cases they were lepers or, you know, invalids or, you know, had handicaps and that kind of things. But, but you know, we can look at people as throwaway. We can really do, and you say, oh, I would never do that. Well, I'm not so sure that, you know, we don't have to look at things because maybe we could do that, you know. But, um but it's that love and that compassion that's going to make a difference. I don't know about you, but I, I have a desire to allow God's love to flow through me. Don't you? I, I want the world to see something different in me than they see um, out there going on, and that's for sure. So your faith gets powered and receives its energy through this love of God that we're talking about. So when you're not living and walking in the love of God, your faith is short-circuited. And again, I don't think that that's the only reason that we need to walk in love, but we need to understand when we get out of love, if we're believing God for things, there's going to be a hindrance placed in the way of our faith manifesting what we want to see happen. Amen? So... What is this pattern that demonstrates if we are in walking in the love of God or we're walking out of the love of God? Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 2. Uh, can you put that up in the Amplified? We're just going to read through a little bit, okay? 1 Corinthians 13, 2 out of the Amplified. So you'll just be scrolling down through here. You know, if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all secret truths and mysteries and knowledge and on and on and on, but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. We're something, we're strong stalwarts of the faith. He said, no, you're not. If you don't have love in you. Okay, go to the next one. Next verse. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor uh, in providing food and surrender my body and all of that, but if I have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Go to the next one. Love, now listen, if you want a picture of what love is and you want to have a thermometer to, to take your temperature, look at some of these things. We probably won't go through all of them, but some love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious. That means other people that have things and you want them. Nor bulls over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. We don't need to be people that just have pride, do we? Is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Boy, the word of faith people need to see that, don't we? We need to see that because we're the big somethings is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. See, people, you know, today we live in a disrespectful time when people are rude and have no manners. And the Bible says love doesn't act that way. So if love doesn't act that way, God is love, and God doesn't act that way, then He is in me, and He doesn't want me acting that way, right? Okay. 
Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Now, right there, you know, we really, you know, we can be really self-centered and we can, we got to have it our way. We're going to do it our way. It doesn't matter what anybody says. No, I'm going to do it my way. And you just get your Ishmael, remember? And then it goes on to say, for it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy or fretful, oh my goodness, or resentful. Uh, you know, people can just be so touchy that you can't say anything, anything you say to them, they just get offended. You got to work on that. You got to toughen yourself. You do. You have to toughen up spiritually and not just be looking for somebody to just knock that off your shoulder. You know, don't be touchy and don't be a, a person that just gets offended all the time. It's so, how do you have a friend you can never do or say? Everything you say, they turn it and twist it and it's against them. And it's like, I wasn't even talking about you. Have you ever been there? Okay. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no att attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. So I'll, we'll just go there and end it. But so you can see if you want to get that thermometer of love out and you, you can begin to see how are you, how are you doing? in your faith life? How are you doing, you know, with your family, uh, on the job, in church, with that team that you're working with, you know? How are you doing with that? And you can gauge yourself. Nobody else has to do that, but you can gauge yourself. Amen? So, if you're not receiving from the Lord, we need to check up on these two hindrances. There's more that I wanted to get into, but obviously we didn't get there tonight. But if there's a hindrance of lack of patience, you need to work on patience because patience uh, keeps you steady, keeps your faith steady in the storms of life and when the, the trials and all those things come. And then walking in the love of God because uh, the love is what activates and energizes the faith that you have in your heart that's to move mountains and change things and supernaturally cause things to happen because it's the God kind of faith. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.